I'm Santiago Lopez Jr. with the Lopez Brothers Farm in Pleasanton, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas, agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We are locked, loaded, and ready to roll with another edition of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, the cattle industry is converging on the Big Easy. All segments of the U.S. cattle industry are in New Orleans this week, and we're here to bring you the latest news from the largest cattle gathering in the nation. More on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. For Texas High Plains farmers, it may not be easy to decide what to plant this year. I'm James Hunt, and coming up on Texas Ag Today, we'll talk about some of the options producers have. South Texas cotton farmers making decisions on seed varieties to put in the ground in the upcoming planting season. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have details on Texas Ag Today. This is James Duncan in Marshall. Weather is our concern here as it is across the state because it's planting time and preparation is somewhat behind So we need to catch up, and we'll do it. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The 2023 Cattle Industry Convention and NCBA Trade Show gets underway this week in New Orleans. It's the largest cattle producer gathering in the country each year. Don Scheffelbein is the president of the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. He says there is a lot of work to get done this week. Well, it's going to be an exciting one. I tell you what, if you've never been to an NCBA convention, this is the year to do it. We've got oodles of fun and entertainment scheduled. As you know, we always have just an incredible amount of education, whether it's Cattlemen's College, our annual Cattle Facts Update to see where these markets are going for the coming year. And of course, it's that important networking of just being elbow to elbow with the who's who in the industry and beginning to share thoughts and uh, ideas on what we need to be doing next. And, of course, the most important is taking care of business for the industry. One of the highlights of this year's convention is an appearance by the creator of several hit television shows, including Yellowstone, 1883, and 1923, Taylor Sheridan. But on the business side of the convention, Scheffelbein says there are several big issues to discuss. WOTUS has raised its ugly head again, and there's going to be a lot of discussion about how best that we do to keep that under control and keep it managed to the best of our ability. We're going to talk about traceability. And, you know, USDA just released uh, a rule of traceability. We're going to discuss that, I think, in a big way. And, of course, it's always preparing for the farm bill. We're going to talk about 
what things need to be in that farm bill to make it better on cow-calf producers across this land or at cattle people in general across the land. The Cattle Industry Convention runs Wednesday through Friday, along with the massive NCBA trade show. And speaking of the trade show, one of the booths you may want to check out this year is the Performance Livestock Analytics booth. Ben Rogers is the East Texas Growth Manager for Performance Livestock Analytics. They make the Performance Beef and Performance Ranch management software. Ben tells me cattle producers will get a hands-on demonstration of how that software can help improve their bottom line. So we'll have some hands-on demonstrations of both Performance Beef and Performance Ranch there in the booth. Uh, We'll have a kiosk uh, there in the lobby that will offer a digital demo of Performance Beef, and we'll have a video demo of Performance Ranch. And then uh, we'll also have a keeper call activity that uh, showcases, you know, the value of genetic testing and making uh, herd calling decisions. You can look for Ben and the entire Performance Livestock Analytics team in their booth right next to the Zoetis booth in the NCBA trade show this week. For Texas High Plains farmers, it may not be easy to decide which crops to plant this year. James Hunt talks about some of the options producers have. Recently, I talked about the crop outlook for the season ahead with the two Texas A&M AgriLife agronomists who serve the Texas High Plains. Dr. Jordan Bell says for farmers in the Texas Panhandle who are dealing with drought conditions and declining irrigation capacity, silage may get strong consideration. Producing silage requires less water than growing grain and prices are good. There are a lot of really strong forage contracts and many producers are reevaluating their plans for grain and thinking, well, you know, they might pick up some of these forage contracts. But they're also evaluating markets. You know, they're, they're watching the grain market. They're looking at inputs. They're really looking at everything. And fortunately, forage is giving them an option. Of course, forage, we're talking about silage, is really giving them an option to hopefully make some of these systems profitable. Meanwhile, in the South Plains, where about three-quarters of acres planted each year go to cotton, the fall-off in prices for that crop is a discouragement. Dr. Calvin Trossel says if farmers are looking to divert some acres to other crops, there are alternatives. Sorghum prices in the Lubbock region for 2023. If you were a farmer and you said, I will be growing sorghum, I want to go ahead and lock in a price, those prices would be above $10 per hundred weight. I would consider that good to very good. And then we see on a few of our lesser crops, uh, sunflower, oilseed sunflower, sesame this year. We are looking at uh, the highest prices we've ever seen offered on those crops. On another note, both agronomists told me producers are very concerned about high input cost as they prepare for spring planting. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. There are a lot of decisions to be made before spring cotton planting begins. Tom Nicoletti takes a look at a few cotton varieties available to South Texas cotton growers this year. My guest from the coastal Bend region of the state is Scott Stanislav. He is technical agronomist with DeKalb Asgro Delta Pine. And Scott, farmers are gearing up to uh, plant the seeds for uh, their cotton fields very soon. And uh, there's uh, certainly a variety that uh, has been successful over the last couple of years. Uh, Go ahead and get us informed about that. What I'm going to talk about today would be our Delta Pine 2012 B3XF. That's a variety that we've had a couple of years of experience with on broad acres across the 
the southern half of the state. Since we've first commercialized this product, we've had in some pretty varying conditions over the last couple of years. Of course, in, in 2022, it was obviously an abnormally dry, hot year for us down here. And the year before that, we were obviously inundated with above normal rainfall. And as I think back in both of those instances, it had a very successful year across a broad area in 2021 in a wet year. Last year in 2022, during the drought, it was very consistent, even though our yields were off in general, it did very well in a tough year with the exceptional heat as well. And certainly going into uh, 2023, the dry conditions are at least with us at this point. Absolutely. And from the coastal bend going south, we're pretty dry right now. The upper Gulf Coast has been receiving some rainfall. As you go west out into the Winter Garden area, of course, water restrictions and things like that are top of mind right now. And as I think about Delta Pine 2012, it really is a broad fit down here. What we've seen over the last couple of years, it's it's pretty easy to manage, responds very well to PGR management. So it, it doesn't get too out of hand from a growth standpoint if we get into a year where we have ample rainfall. That is Scott Stanislav. He is technical agronomist with DeKalb Asgro Delta Pine. I'm Tom Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Weather is on the minds of East Texas farmers and ranchers as spring planting time approaches. James Duncan has an update from Marshall. In East Texas, we're looking for a good spring. Our problem right now is like everyone else, it's the weather. We never know one day whether the sun's going to be shining or whether it's going to be raining or whether we're going to have ice. When that straightens out, We'll straighten out. But right now, I've talked to produce farmers, and they're getting ready for it. Their onions are being planted everywhere in East Texas right now. Then it comes time to start getting the corn preparation. Land is being prepared to plant extra acres of corn here in the East Texas area. Market is going to be good for it, evidently, so they're getting prepared. Watermelon's another one of our big crops. Land preparation is going on right now, and the peach tree trimming is coming on. It'll just tighten up here in the next few weeks. It's got to be completed, and your dormant oil sprays are going to have to be applied. We hear a lot about gardening it throughout the area, and everybody is encouraging producers, plant an extra row. Your farmer's markets are going to need you this year. People are looking right now, and one of the big items that farmers are doing right now Get another chicken and put it in the coop. Laying hens, that is. We need eggs. So East Texas is like everybody else. We're just looking to try to figure out new ways to survive in this economy that we are in. This is James Duncan reporting from Marshall for Texas Ag Today. Will the type of bird flu circulating around the U.S. right now affect huntable birds in the next year? I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And we've always thought that parasites are a bad thing in cattle, but that may not be so. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau Insurance has protected fellow Texans with auto, home, health, and life insurance since 1952. With more than 260,000 square miles of land and 27 million people, that's a lot to cover. Whether you're wrangling cattle or wrangling kids, we're proud to protect Texans in all Texan ways of life. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to get insurance for Texans by Texans. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. 
We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. We've always thought that parasites are a bad thing in cattle. But Dr. Bob Judd says in this day of dewormer-resistant parasites, there can actually be good worms in your cattle. Dr. Christine Navarre from LSU indicates in The Progressive Farmer that the good worms are called refugia. Refugia are worms that do not have the gene that makes them resistant to dewormers. So these refugia, or good worms, will be killed by routine deworming, while the other resistant worms will not be killed. This is the reason we have to be careful deworming too much, because in many cases, all we are killing is the good worms, and this allows the resistant worms to increase since they have no competition. And eventually, all the worms in the herd will be resistant to dewormers. It is important to know how well your deworming program is working, and the best method to determine that is with a fecal egg per gram reduction test performed by your veterinarian. This involves taking a fecal sample from about 20 cows out of your herd and have your vet perform a fecal egg per gram count, which determines the parasite load in each animal. Then deworm the cattle and perform the same test on the same animals in two weeks after the deworming. This will tell you the effectiveness of your deworming program, and unless you do this, you may be spending money on a dewormer that is ineffective. Ideally, the amount of parasites should decrease by 95 to 99% after the deworming. Dr. Navarre indicates that if the fecal egg counts are low, you can skip deworming altogether in mature cows if they are healthy and getting adequate nutrition. This increases the number of refugia, or good worms. However, young cattle and those of Brahmin descent have less resistance to parasites and may need to be dewormed more often, and the bulls need to be dewormed regularly. Dr. Navarre also recommends not deworming the 10% heaviest calves in the herd to save refugia. I'm Dr. Bob Judd, and this is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. We're seeing a lot of bird flu spreading around the country right now. So will that affect the game birds this fall when hunting season rolls around? Jessica Noble looks for an answer in today's wildlife report. Over the past year, a highly contagious virus affecting domestic poultry and wild birds has affected more than 58 million birds in 47 states. Highly pathogenic avian influenza is a type A influenza virus specific to birds. Wild birds may carry the virus and never show symptoms, but domestic poultry, like chickens, often die within 48 hours of infection. The U.S. Department of Agriculture's Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service is tracking the number of infections in both domestic poultry and some wild birds. Over the past 12 months, 193 cases of HPAI have been reported in hunter-harvested and captive wild birds and waterfowl in Texas. Michael Bodenchuk, Texas State Director of APHIS Wildlife Services, joins us with more. Our surveillance strategies are based on wild bird, wild waterfowl surveillance, but there are also a number of mortality events or morbidity events where birds are sick that are also investigated. 193 cases in this surveillance here is just a part of what's actually out there in the environment, but that's the result of the surveillance that's being done. Bodenchuk says at this time, it does not look like the virus will affect huntable bird populations. Highly pathogenic avian influenza that's circulating right now, this Eurasian strain that has come to North America, does not appear to be 
impacting huntable species, wild birds that are migrating in particular. In fact, that's why they serve as good sentinels, because they don't get sick. They continue to fly around, whereas sick birds don't tend to migrate. So if these birds were impacted, they wouldn't be migrating. We do not expect that it's going to impact huntable numbers, but obviously we have a concern about it impacting the poultry industry, and that's why we're doing the surveillance in wild birds to get a handle on how much is out there in the environment. We will have more on this on our next show. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. Time once again to check the markets. Jessica will be back with a complete look at all of the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, call 833-TX-HEALTH or visit 833-TXHEALTH.com. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Live cattle traded higher for much of the day Tuesday as traders waited on a new cattle inventory report from the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Just before that report was released, we did see some contracts start to trade lower. February live cattle up a dime to 158.85. April live cattle down 32 cents to 163.02. That cattle inventory report, by the way, shows that all cattle and calves in the United States as of January 1st was at 89.3 million head. That is 3% below the 92.1 million head that we saw on January of last year. According to the report, the number of cattle and calves on feed for the slaughter market in the U.S. totaled 14.2 million head on January 1st. That is down 4% from last year. That may be what contributed to the feeder cattle market trading higher Tuesday. March feeder cattle up $2.22 to $186.15. April feeder cattle up $1.77 to $190.05. Boxed beef was mixed Tuesday. Choice was down $1.52 to $266.58. Select was up $1.54 to $253.06. Now let's check those livestock auctions. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Rodney Butler sells livestock in Beville on Friday. Rodney, how was this last sale? Uh, the sale was good. Market's pretty steady. Like I said, Thursday night, we're going to be a little short on numbers, but we had some good cattle and the market was real steady, sir. Can you walk the pens with us, please? Yes, sir. We had 340 head of cattle, no horses, and one goat. And then, like I said, that old market sure is active. Your 200, 300 pound steers, $1.55 to 215 Heifers, 210 to 215 Your 300, 400 pound steers, $1.75 to 215 Heifers, $1.62 to $1.85. Your 400 to 500 pound steers, $1.70 to 211 Heifers, $1.60 to $2. That was 
those on some replacement heifers. 500, 600 pound steers, $1.51 to $1.92. Heifers, $1.51 to $1.79. 600, 700 pound steers, $1.56 to $1.76. Heifers, $1.43 to $1.64. 700, 800 pound steers, $1.58 to $1.70. And 700, 800 pound heifers, $1.36 to $1.57. Packer cow market was sure active. We had some good Packer cows this Friday. They brought anywhere from 32 to 86. Our bulls brought from 84 to $1.06. Young stalker cows brought anywhere from 57 to 88 with some bred cows dollaring out around that 825. And our pears Friday brought anywhere from 860 to 1190, sir. Good. What do we know for this next Friday? I know of a few cattle coming this Friday, but not not like I have in the past. So I think the market's going to, runs are going to slow down and hopefully we'll get some more rain. We had a good rain here this week during the week and they're expecting some rain Wednesday and Thursday, I believe. So we'll take, we'll take the rain while it's in the notion, sir. Tell everybody how to contact you, Rodney Butler. Yeah, you can call me there at the sale barn at 361-358-1727. Or you can call me on my mobile, 645-5002. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. Neighbor, that's our livestock auction market report. We'll see you next time right here as we walk the pens. I'm Larry Marble for Texas Ag Today. February lean hogs fell 27 cents Tuesday to 74.87. April lean hogs down a dime to 86.42. January class 3 milk was up 3 cents to 19.48. February class 3 milk fell 7 cents to 17.87. After falling lower on Monday, cotton recovered into triple digit gains on Tuesday. Analysts say that's due to a weaker U.S. dollar and the hopes that China is reopening after COVID outbreaks earlier this year. Year. March cotton up 112 points to 86.22. May cotton up 121 points to 86.95. Corn fell Tuesday as rain is expected in Argentina, which could be good for that crop. Analysts say that demand for U.S. corn globally is also lackluster as Ukraine and Brazil are offering their corn exports at a lower rate. U.S. corn demand is expected to increase in the coming weeks. March corn down four to 679 and three quarters. May corn down three and three quarters to 677 and a half. March hard red wheat up five to 878 and three quarters. May hard red wheat up four and a half to 871 and three quarters. March natural gas up three cents to 270. April natural gas up three cents to 276. March crude oil up $1.12 to $79.02. April crude oil up $1.14 to $79.32. The Dow was up 228 points Tuesday to 33,945. The S&P 500 up 41 points to 4,058. The Nasdaq rose 151 points to 11,545. That wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. We hope you join us next time for the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Jessica Domel. I hope to see you then. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.